Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Let's Talk XFL, the only podcast solely focused on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host Michael Lathrop. Hello football fans. This is episode 34, Hawaiian Dreams. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Royal Retros by 503 Sports. Royal Retros are the king of throwbacks. Royal Retros by 503 Sports provides a line of merchandise from legendary defunct leagues such as the XFL 1.0. If you've always wanted to get yourself a quality Las Vegas Outlaws He Hate Me or Los Angeles Extreme Tommy Maddox jersey, perhaps even an OG XFL's team's t-shirt, we have you covered. Simply click on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code Let's Talk XFL at checkout to receive 10% off your purchase. I am pleased to announce the show now has a Let's Talk XFL fan line. Listeners are encouraged to call 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935 to leave a comment or question. Doing so, your message has a chance to be included in an upcoming episode. Once again, we have some league news this week. In addition, later in the show, I will be joined by Omaha Beef wide receiver and XFL showcase participant Tyler Jones to discuss his professional football journey. But first, we have those XFL developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On June 21st, the XFL announced the hiring of eight directors of team operations who will serve as a liaison between their respective teams and the league's business and football operations personnel. These liaisons will be the main point of contact between all team staff, working directly with their head coach, trainers, strength and conditioning staff, team security, and content teams. They will be responsible for communicating league-level information to all players and coaching staff, ensuring consistency of league policies, as well as managing and coordinating logistics for all football-related activity, including team travel. The director of team operation hires are as follows. Reggie Barlow's team, Stacey Johnson. Terrell Buckley's team, Patrick Austin. Wade Phillips' team, Danielle Lee. Heinz Ward's team, Jose Jefferson. Anthony Beck's team, Anastasia Ali. Jim Hazlitt's team, Pat Matthews. Bob Stoops' team, Matt McMillan, and Rod Woodson's team, Tamiko Richardson. The director of team operations will report to Mark Ross. Also on June 21st, the University of South Florida announced the hiring of former Seattle Dragons quarterback B.J. Daniels as assistant director of development, community, and donor engagement. The move by the 32-year-old essentially brings an end to his playing career. During his time with the Dragons, Daniels completed 19 of 33 attempts for 214 yards and a touchdown with only one interception in five games. For a quarterback rating of 74.6, he also logged 114 rushing yards and two touchdowns on only 17 attempts. Then, on June 23rd, known and respected XFL analyst social media accounts posted several XFL draft invites. Among the invitees are former XFL wide receivers Blake Jackson and Jeff Bidette. In our last episode, during my interview with XFL Senior Vice President of Player Personnel Doug Whaley, he confirmed the league is in the process of sending out draft invitations. We are now beginning to see which players the XFL are focusing on and attempting to secure for November's draft. 
If you haven't yet, I recommend following XFL Analyst on either Instagram or Twitter. But I must mention, the XFL Analyst Instagram account offers the most information and is updated more frequently. Then, on June 25th, the XFL held its Hawaii Showcase at McKinley High School in Honolulu. This time around, several key XFL members were in attendance. Both co-owners Danny Garcia and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, as well as XFL President Russ Brandon. The showcase drew significant media attention. Among them was KHON2 news sports reporter Christian Simabuku. Here is a clip from the Dwayne The Rock Johnson's interview session. You know, it, it's critical, I think, to be able to bring a showcase here to Hawaii and, again, showcase local talent. As we all know, you know, Hawaii uh, is such a rich football state with incredibly talented players who grow up in a culture loving football, loving hard work, um, but also loving the island of Hawaii. And, and the islands of Polynesian Islands. So a lot of times, uh, a lot of times, in my opinion, it's just a matter, I think, of just taking the lens, moving it just a couple of degrees to showcase the talent we actually have here uh, on this rock, on this island. So uh, I'm really excited about this day. And I'll tell you this from experience. We had a great morning. The defense came out here. We saw some great athletes out here. For sure, a lot of athletes caught our eye. We made notes. We're going to call that one back. We're going to call this one, this one, this one, this one back. So uh, I, I, I think, and now for this offense, offense is fired up. So I think overall, uh, this is going to be uh, very valuable. And what I also look forward to doing is to continue to do this every year. So I think something like this is important, again, because we have such incredible football players here on the island. It's just a matter of... <clears throat> I'm intrigued there's likely to be yearly showcases. Perhaps Dwayne The Rock Johnson is only mentioning the possibility of future Hawaii showcases. But this could open the door for multiple annual player showcases for the league. As I have previously mentioned, I will now be joined by Omaha Beef wide receiver and XFL showcase participant Tyler Jones to discuss his professional football journey and showcase experience. Welcome, Tyler. I appreciate you taking the time to join the show to discuss your professional football journey. Thank you. Since leaving the University of Central Missouri, you earned an opportunity in the Champions Indoor League with the Omaha Beef. How did this opportunity come about? So it started with my, I like to call him my indoor agent, Zach Hibden, with his agency, um, Athlete Scouting. It's a scouting agency, not agent agency. And at this point, you know, I was a senior in college. I was reaching out for every opportunity I could across all leagues. I actually have never heard of indoor football until I spoke with him. So he get, kind of gave me the rundown. I signed with his agency. Again, it's not an agency, but it's more of like a scouting department. So I've been working with him for the past couple of years since college. I graduated in 2017. And ever since then, it's where I've been. So I understand for the past two seasons, you've been playing arena football which you've compiled 97 receptions, 938 yards, 21 touchdowns in 22 games. Does that sound right? Sounds pretty correct. Maybe a kind of got screwed out of a couple there, but for the most part, that sounds right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing the arena game is significantly different than traditional football. How has the arena experience improved your skills and how can you translate it to the professional outdoor game? So the biggest thing I like to tell people from 
the translation from arena slash indoor to outdoor football is everything happens so much faster. Arena football, the fields are 50 yards long instead of the traditional 100, and I believe 20 to 25 yards wide. I don't know the specifics on that, but again, it's eight-man football and everything just happens so much faster. So as a wide receiver, I don't really have time to set up the routes like you would outside and the blocking, you know, happens just that much faster because you don't have time to really chop down like a traditional outdoor blocking technique goes. So again, it's just adapting to everything faster, which outdoors, I feel like quicker game helps translate to being more patient as well. So it's one of those things from, you know, a wide receiver standpoint is if you learn how to do everything faster, it makes things for that just that much easier. I understand you participated in the XFL Florida Showcase. Seeing Omaha Beef is in the middle of a postseason run. How were you able to convince the team to allow you to miss a key playoff game versus what was it, Sioux City Bandits in order to travel and take part in the Florida Showcase? Well, this is the the good thing about this organization. Our head coach, Marvin Jones, even, you know, the owners, Ricky Burtz and all of them, they're all about giving the players opportunities to move up. So obviously it was a tough decision on my end to take part in the showcase due to having that playoff game. So they always push for that. At that point, it's on me, kind of what I want to do, and they're going to support that, even the team. You know, it's obviously being a key player, part of this offense, it's difficult making those decisions, but we all know the end goal is to, you know, move higher. So I believe the support throughout the entire organization helped me make my decision. And I did everything I could prior to that game to help everyone else, the guys that were replacing me throughout the game, you know, be in the best spot to get the win. Have you since rejoined the team? Yes. Awesome. And will you be playing in this Saturday's championship game against Alina Liberty? I will. Awesome. All right. Well, good luck. I appreciate it. I think it's pretty darn awesome that your employer and team, for that matter, allowed you to pursue the next step in achieving your dream. So that speaks volumes for your employer and also what they think of you. So that's pretty cool. Again, touching base on that again, it, it was a really difficult choice for me to make. Um, you know, missing a key playoff game against arguably the best team in the league record-wise to go to this showcase. But again, you know, they were extremely supportive. You know, I had multiple conversations with every coach we have, you know, the owners, all of that, the teammates, because obviously that's, you know, who I feel like I was letting down the most, you know, the team. And the fact that, you know, there were no negative comments, there was nothing but support from everyone. It's just, it's a great feeling to have. Revisiting the Florida Showcase, I was in attendance for a media session. In addition to the XFL head coaches and key executives, co-owner and chairwoman Danny Garcia was president and addressed the morning defensive session participants. I didn't notice if she returned for the afternoon offensive session. Were you fortunate enough to see her and hear her speak? Yes. So in the beginning, she kind of gave the same rundown she gave the defensive side um, in the morning prior to us starting. She was talking to a couple players and whatnot. I was unfortunately not able to speak with her, but... I was five yards away from her, so I mean, call it what you want. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was there throughout majority of the showcase. So could you overhear what her message was to the players? I believe the one key thing she said that stuck out was attack today like it's your last. You know, she was more so like, give it your all. This is opportunity for everyone. It's a new league. They push for, you know, giving guys opportunities that haven't had them before. This is our time to be selfish and, you know, showcase our best, you know, things on the line out there for the film and for all the coaches and, you know, so on and so forth. That's the biggest thing I got. It's a pretty cool message. I mean, you never know when your last opportunity is, so it does kind of resonate. 
Were there any moments where you had like key interactions with XFL head coaches or staff members? No, I mean, I'm a pretty quiet person overall. So, you know, I didn't really go out of my way to speak with anybody. I mean, I had talked to my head coach who knows uh, head coach Terrell Buckley. Um, He knows him. So, I mean, I didn't really interact there. I'm not sure what they have going on, but as far as the showcase, I have, I didn't really speak with anybody. I was just focused on, you know, the main goal. And if they want to talk to me, they would, they would find me. I was just curious if in the middle of a drill or in a preparation came up and addressed a couple people, not like single you out, but in a way, just kind of come over. And I was curious what those interactions would look like. So no big deal. Right. The XFL partnership with breakaway data, they seem to play an important role in these showcases with their incorporation into these sessions. How does it change the overall process for the athletes? And did it change your approach or impact in any way? I wasn't really too familiar with what that was all about. Um, I did do a little bit of research. I believe they said that they would be able to see, like, if you're healthy or not. I'm I'm not too familiar with all of that. They didn't really give us the rundown on it. So my understanding is that the cameras, depending on which activity or what function you're doing, whether it's running or whatever, could read your skeleton. So it could line up and see your true positioning, right? See your true form. Because everyone's right. outer body physique looks different, but they can actually see if somebody's form is similar and they could rate people based off that as well as, I guess it's split seconds. It could just see how quick certain parts of your body are punching. So if it's looking for the senior vice president of player personnel, Doug Whaley instructed me that they did a different measurement. So instead of from your shoulder to your fingertips straight out, they're doing punch lengths. So I don't know if, if you remember that or if that was only for key positions but where they were measuring from the shoulder to where the wrist was because somebody might have larger hands than somebody else so they were trying to check punch lengths so i'm curious in the process if they were measuring punch speeds he didn't get into that but so i'm just kind of curious of if they're checking all sorts of upper body speeds again i don't know my understanding is their players are going to own their own data i just don't know how soon that might transfer over to you guys or if that ownership won't transfer until maybe once people make rosters but i do know that the data is in a level that professional teams collegiate teams have never seen before is my understanding it's a whole new way of analytics and analysis and it's kind of interesting i'm really intrigued by it and would like to learn more so that's why i asked right yeah and when, when we were doing i was with a group of receivers we didn't actually do the punch like you were explaining i would assume that would be the offense and defense alignment that did that that part of it. Um, we just did the typical uh, measurements of the hand and, you know, the your arm length and all of that sort of stuff. And there were no cameras on us when we were doing that either. So I'm not sure if everyone was included in that. They did mention we would receive results from that in our email um, in a couple of days or weeks or whatever the time length was. So I'm assuming that's when we'll get all the information um, about that. So overall, how do you feel that your showcase performance went? I believe I did a lot better than I expected. Again, it's tough for a guy in my situation because I'm still mid-season. You know, I didn't really have a lot of time to prepare for this like I would have liked. Kind of a last-minute registration from my end. So I would say I had probably a week, if that, give or take, to kind of prepare for all the drills and whatnot, plus being a little banged up from the season. So I definitely think it was pretty average at best, just how I feel about it. And again, Still playing, still my mind's really not even fully there because I'm worried about if my team's winning the playoff game and whatnot. I feel like it was a great opportunity. It was a great experience. 
But as far as my performance goes, I'm not that confident just because of everything else that was going along with it. But again, praying for the best, you know, I feel like I could have done better. But again, you know, left it all out there. I have noticed you wear the jersey number 16 in college and professionally. Is it just a number or is there a significant meaning behind it? So the number 16, it came from high school initially. From high school until now, I've been wearing that number aside from, I want to say when I was a freshman, maybe a sophomore in college because I didn't play too much then. But, you know, it's just something I stuck with. There's no real meaning behind it. It's just more so it was the first number I was given when I played my first game in high school, you know, in varsity, and I've stuck with that ever since. So it's it's kind of one of those things to where I'm superstitious. If I'm not wearing number 16, then I, I won't play as well. No, no serious meaning behind it, though. What? Just enough. Yeah, just enough. Just <laughs> enough. <laughs> Tyler, if the XFL coaches or key staff members happen to tune into this show, and just for the record, I have had an executive on the show before, so I'm not acting like they listen or tune in. But if they happen to, what would you like them to know about you as a person and a player, and why should they select you over other wide receivers? The biggest thing for me is professionalism. You know, no matter if I'm right or wrong, it's always yes, sir, no, sir. I'll always show up on time. I'll always give my 110%, even if I'm not playing as much. And that's something that you don't see from a lot of guys coming from, you know, the league that I'm in and other lower leagues and so on and so forth. It's very, the professionalism that's so big for me that I'm I'm extremely coachable. You know, I'm always going to, you know, adapt to whatever I need to that, that I'm being told. And I think that's the biggest thing that makes an athlete better. Like you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not coachable, a lot of guys don't want to deal with you. Like I've seen multiple times that guys, best talent in the world, but would give, you know, they were a cancer towards the team, wouldn't listen to coaches. They were always right. That's not me. I feel like I can compete at that next level. I feel like I have the athletic ability and the professionalism that, you know, coaches look for in players. And I think that's the the most important reason why I should be selected, at least for, you know, for camp or whatever that whole process is going to be like an opportunity. My understanding with these professional alternative leagues is that roster sizes are significantly smaller than you see in the National Football League. They have what the National Football League has, active game day rosters of 53, and then they have their practice roster. So I don't know exactly what the number gets to, but it's a pretty significant number. Mm -hmm. I know the XFL has mentioned the rosters, but we really won't know what they look like until they're finalized because back in 2020, they had their Team 9, which kind of was their own free agent pool, but technically the players were signed by the league just to make sure somebody was in shape, ready to rock and roll. They didn't have to worry about trying to secure contracts. It was already taken care of with the league. I'm not sure what that looks like because my understanding is that there won't be a Team 9 this time, so they could be expanding the rosters. Mm -hmm. But with the limitations that these alternative leagues have with their rosters based on numbers, we see a lot of guys playing in multiple roles. Right. You're a wide receiver, but where else could you potentially be that utility player that they could use you when they're looking for players that are a little bit more of a hybrid, so to speak? Okay, well, I play all special teams. So kickoff, return, front line, back line. Don't return too often, but could do that. Kickoff, I'll go down and make a tackle whenever. Like, I don't mind doing any of that. I've held a couple times. Not a big fan of that, but, you know, I'm open to whatever. And, you know, I haven't played defense since high school. But if for whatever reason they wanted to convert me to defense, I love hitting. I'm one of 
few receivers in this league that actually enjoys blocking the big linebackers and whatnot. I enjoy that. So I'm a very physical player all around. There's no real place I would say I can't play, except maybe on the, the offensive defensive line and maybe kicker. But any position that, you know, I'm given an opportunity to play, I feel like I can really tackle and be the guy. So outside of football, what do you do? I know that the arena leagues or indoor leagues have fairly short seasons. You know, they don't go the entire length of the year. So what do you do outside of football? I work full time with a company named LTN Global, and they're basically a, a media company that does the production side of different networks, different games. They do the production side, you know, for ESPN, for college basketball, football, all sports all over. I am a lead production specialist. That's my technical title, but my job title is just the technical director. So I spend a lot of my time, you know, running shows remotely right now from Omaha, but back in Kansas City, where I'm initially from, do a lot of the TDing for that. And what that means is I basically press all the buttons to make camera shots change, you know, put different graphics on the screen, so on and so forth for a sports betting network called Sports Grid. Outside of obviously training for football, spending time with my girlfriend, you know, I'm at work 24-7 pretty much. And being, I'm the lead. I'm basically in charge of different contractors and whatnot for this client. It's a lot of time. I'm on call 24-7. I could get a call right now if something were to go wrong. But again, I work in the media, so I like doing things like this. You know, I, I can do behind the scenes. I like being on camera, anything of that sort. And that's kind of my plan after football's over is to kind of get in this industry pursue it more than just being behind the scenes, maybe being football analyst of some sort, you know, for some league, you know, high school, professionally, it doesn't matter. You know, anything in the media is kind of my interest after football. So you probably have a lot of contacts within the media, also within professional football with your coaches, players that you've played with. You may want to start your own podcast. Your own <laughs> show. Right. right. But like it'd be kind podcast. of cool to see something come from the player's perspective you know, knowing certain things. We see that with a lot of retired players or even NFL, NBA players, but kind of cool to see it come from, you know, maybe the lower ranks, the guys that are grinding out, trying to achieve the dream versus living the dream. That'd be kind of cool. Not that I'm telling you what to do, but it could be kind of cool. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Tyler, it has been a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and talk with me about your football journey. I hope more opportunities are offered to you and that you get an opportunity to get your big break and fulfill your dreams. And if you make an XFL roster in 2023, I would love to have you come back again so we can discuss how things are going for you and maybe how your team is progressing. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. I will um, for sure come back on if you ask. And, you know, I'll probably be reaching out to you at some point as well (laughs) to come back on. But thanks. If some of our listeners wanted to follow you and your journey, how could they do so? I am. Can't judge it. But I am Big Daddy Jones with a zero and Jones on Twitter and Instagram. I respond to DMs all the time. You know, I respond. I interact with any and everyone, no matter what the case may be. I answer any and all questions. I don't mind. If you want to reach out to me at Big Daddy Jones, J-Zero-N-E-S and Jones at any point, you know, feel free. All right. Perfect. Well, best of luck in the championship game on Saturday. Where could I watch this game if I wanted to or any of our listeners? So this game will be streamed on YouTube. Um, live, and all you have to do is search Omaha B for Salina Liberty 2022 championship game, and you'll you'll find it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tyler. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Since recording the interview with Tyler Jones, his Omaha B played in Champions Indoor Football's 
championship game and lost to the Salina Liberty 38-34. In the game, Tyler recorded six reception for 69 yards and a touchdown. I know I have stated before, but I enjoy having the opportunity to interview players who have either played in the XFL or are pursuing an opportunity within the league. Each of these players have a unique path and story, which I believe should be shared. After all, the XFL is the intersection of hope and possibilities. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Let's Talk XFL. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform of choice. One last thing. If you're interested in checking out our friends over at Royal Retros by 503 Sports, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, Let's Talk XFL, or 10% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Let's Talk XFL on your platform of choice. Follow Let's Talk XFL on Facebook and Twitter at Let's Talk XFL. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to letstalkxfl at gmail.com.